A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. You know, the weather's getting warmer, so I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually... Actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince. But it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie. Also from Quince. Ooh, mm-hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I'm going to toot my own horn. Effortlessly chic, whether it's winter toot, or, toot, Kate. or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Hello and welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I'm Dori Shafrir. And I'm Kate Spencer. And we're not experts. But we are two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. And you can talk about serums with us by calling us at 781-591-0390 or emailing us at forever35podcast at gmail.com. You don't have to only talk to us about serums. You can talk to us about other things, too. Yeah. And you can text us at that number. And the texts are coming in. And it's very exciting. I just need to figure out how to organize them. But I'm getting texts. That's fun. It's a treat. Yeah, I, I should say I'm getting text. We are getting text, but I the phone number is attached to my email account for uh, various reasons we don't need to bore you with. So that's why I'm seeing text messages. <laughs> oh, making a podcast. Yeah. So fun. Um, listeners, also, we have a really fun Facebook group. It's www.facebook.com slash groups slash forever 35 podcast. There's a wonderful world of spinoff groups just waiting for you. Regional groups. Everything you could imagine is there. So please join us on the Facebook. The password is serums. Oh, also, we will link to this in the show notes. But we talked about the Facebook group 
on um, a a live Zoom show called The Digital Download. And we will post the link to the YouTube video of it. It was really fun. And also some of the mods from the Facebook group were in there. Yeah. And actually, one of the mods from the Forever 35 Chicago group was there, Mm -hmm. too. It was really cool. It was really cool. So we will we will link to that. Yeah. Um, and just a reminder that all the products and everything else we mention on the show are always on our website, forever35podcast.com. And you can follow us on Instagram at forever35podcast and on Twitter at forever35pod. Those things are all true. <laughs> okay. I want to hear, Dory, about you reorganizing your skincare and makeup because just yesterday I looked at um, this NARS orgasm blush I have. Mm-hmm. It's got to be at least five years old. Mm-hmm. I still use it. Mm-hmm. And I, I, the lid is broken off. I mean, it is. And, and I looked at it and I was like, oh, I need to go through my makeup. And you did. Well, so full disclosure, I had gone through my makeup in a major way a few months ago because we moved. And I got rid of a lot of stuff before we moved. So things were already pretty pared down. Um, And I didn't actually get rid of that much, but I reorganized things. I realized that I had some great wall space that I was not taking advantage of. And so I got these acrylic shelves that I mentioned on a previous episode they came. My husband put them up. They're across from my jewelry organizer. <laughs> Look at you. I know. Um, and I was able to fit all of my serums, all of my oils, and then my micellar water, my toner, mists, all that stuff. Um on the shelf as well. On it's two shelves. So those are all on one shelf and then the serums and the oils are on another shelf. And then down on the countertop, I have moisturizers, sunscreens, eye creams, lip balms, um, deodorants, and makeup. That still sounds like a lot of stuff. It, is it a lot or is it very thinned down? It's thinned down, but it is it is still a lot of stuff, probably more than I need, to be honest. Um, and I especially feel like I need to go through my makeup again. I feel like my skincare stuff is pretty under control, although there are a couple things that I was like, I could probably get rid of this. But the makeup, <laughs> I, I just like, especially, it also feels so weird, especially now, because like I'm not wearing makeup hardly ever. Um to have all this makeup. But for example, I have probably six or seven foundations. And even in non-core times, I kind of stopped wearing foundation unless I'm going somewhere where I'm going to be like photographed, which rarely happens even when we're not in lockdown and when we're in lockdown, literally never happens. Um, So I was like, I could probably get rid of some of these foundations. Like I don't need all of these. Um, I also have a lot of lipsticks and shades that I never wear. So some of those could probably go. Yeah, there's some, there's some editing I could do now that I'm thinking about it, but it, (laughs) it, it did feel really good. It it felt so good to get all of that stuff 
up onto the wall and like I can Mm -hmm. see I can see it better than I could when it was like all on the counter and now I'm thinking maybe I'll get another shelf I'm just going wild with these shelves look at you look at shelving up a storm shelving away (laughs) um but another really big thing happened this week Kate that I need to share with you in particular which is I started oh playing Animal Crossing on my iPad. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> How's your island? Well, on the iPad version, it's a campsite. Oh, okay. The, f- the free the free version, um, which you can play on the iPad and the iPhone, is a campsite. It's not an island. So, Do you have other people living at your campsite? Like is Tom Nook there to talk I to have- you? Um, I have a golden retriever. It's all animals. <laughs> oh, yes, I know. <laughs> Don't I know? <laughs> I think his name is Goldie. He's hanging out there. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, we're, we're in the early stages. I brought him some fruit. He seemed to like that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I am dying. I am dying. What made you decide to do this? You know, I was suddenly just like, I think I want to play a couple more games. So I also downloaded the New York Times Crosswords app, which I feel like I had never... Like, I've been hearing about this app for years. Years. Wait, you don't do the New York Times Crossword? I just assumed that was something you right. would do. Exactly. Exactly. You That's assumed so you. It. I know! <laughs> I used to do it in print, like when I would get the paper. But I just kind of stopped doing it. I never downloaded the app. And I was just like, eh. And then, lo and behold, a few nights ago, I was like, let me just see what all the fuss is about. And then I was like, oh, boy. (laughs) I'm obsessed. They have these mini crosswords that you can finish in like 30 seconds or less. That I'm just like, I do those tearing through, really enjoying those. Do you do the spelling bee game? I haven't done the spelling bee game yet. Should I do it? Yes. So this this app is my husband's self care. Every morning he gets up and he sits with his iPad and his coffee and he does the crossword. He does the spelling bee game. He does he does all of it. Like it is his thing. I think that's why I just assumed you also were this person. I don't know, but yeah, he's so into it and he loves it. He will talk to you about it anytime oh my gosh so they're they're very different animal crossing and the new york times crosswords app <laughs> yeah and then so are me and my husband but you know i contain multitudes <laughs> and i'm i'm loving both but those were just like fun ways to get your brain onto something else totally. both of them i really like this i like this for you oh thank you kate i think i'm just uh, into games now like last friday night i played bingo <laughs> with some some people on zoom and was ten- it fun it was really fun and i won twice wow <laughs> i know a game of complete chance but i still won twice <laughs> um and tonight i'm i'm playing mahjong with a couple of friends I'm so excited to hear I'm how really, this goes. I really want to learn how I to mean, play. I mean, really, it's really going to be just kind of a lesson. Like one of my friend's friends knows how to play and is teaching us. Um, so I'm excited about that. And I just was like, does anyone else feel like Quar is making them more interested in, quote, hobbies? And I know 
this is a controversial topic because people don't have a lot of time, especially for various reasons. People have kids, people have demanding jobs, people, there's just a lot of reasons why people don't have hobbies. But I also feel like for a lot of people who maybe went out every night or were going to an office, had a commute, like you do have some more time in the day. I know I do. And I feel like it's making me more interested in hobbies. <laughs> do you feel this way, Kate? Yes and no. Okay. I feel I I feel a little some gratitude in that I have I've slowed down a little bit mm-hmm. and that is really um has been healthy for me. Mm-hmm. I can feel just there's a little bit, you know, because my day was like rushing to get my kids to school, rushing mm-hmm. to pick them up, rushing to do homework. You know, there was a lot of that, my own work stuff too. So that has been um you know, something that I'm grateful for. I have, I think I've mentioned this on this podcast. The thing I have really gotten easeful with during this time is cooking. And I'm feeling more comfortable and like more, I'm getting more pleasure out of it. And I tried to make pasta last night. Mm -hmm. And I kind of want this to be my hobby. You know, like I've been doing a little learning about Italian culture and Italian food because I am a little bit Italian American and for some reason I'm just that's just really resonating with me. So I had bought this pasta maker and I took it out and I tried to make pasta and it was such a fucking disaster. It was like almost Oh no. Uh, but it but it was but it's okay. Like it was it was also like good for it to go poorly because okay. like one I am the kind of person who if things aren't like don't go perfectly right away. Then I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. I never want to learn this. Like I sucked at this the first time I tried. So I'm done. Mm. And it was like, <laughs> like Dory, I made the dough. And then I, ma- I, I did made a, like a little pile of fettuccine and that came out. Okay. Then I tried to make spaghetti and it just, it just clumped. Like it was, it was like comically hilarious, but also like I had been trying to do this and like the, my kids were around and then they went to bed and then I kept doing it. Like I, it was just kind of a bad idea, but it was also like very meditative to work with the dough and like feel it come together and work with my hands. And it was also just a great practice to be like, well, that sucked. Like I sucked at that. I'm going to try again. I'll throw this dough away and try again next time. That's awesome. Yeah. I don't feel like giving up. I feel like I'm, I'm learning like, wow, what does it mean to learn? Like, it's such a long process. So that's where I'm at. Learning pasta. And I'm and so I also, Dory, can I I'm sorry, I'm just now rambling. Um, I was working out of my cookbook, one of my Marcella Hazan cookbooks. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have a really hard time following written directions, which we've talked about. So I'm going to next time make it along with the master class that I'm taking, which is Thomas Keller's cooking class. Mm-hmm. And he mm-hmm. has a pasta making class on masterclass that I have been watching. Okay. He of Bouchon and French laundry. And that's who Thomas Keller is, you know, fancy chef man. And I've been enjoying his masterclass. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to make my pasta along with him. And I'm also looking for an online Italian cooking class. Who am I? Literally, who are you? (laughs) Who are, who am I? And how do I say that in Italian? I don't know yet. Um, Uh, I also just want to point out Masterclass is advertising on this episode, this week of episodes. Um, Oh, look at that. 
this was not planned? No, but I I use my master class <laughs> very yeah. frequently. Master class is awesome. And you can and, use code forever 35 for 15% off. Yeah, I have to say, like, especially right now, it's very digestible. I find the videos very soothing. And that comes, you can download a little workbook that comes with my mm-hmm. cooking. Anyway, if anyone wants to do the Thomas Keller cooking class with me, hit me up on the gram. I might want to do it with you. Let's do it. Make pasta with me, Dory. Okay, maybe I will. Maybe I will. I have a I have a manual pasta maker. That's what I have. I, want, I have I one that I've attaches to me. No, no, I have one. I have one that you actually like crank, like not okay, not an attachment. On. I think I've told this story that like a few years ago, I got Matt all this like manual stuff for making his own cavatelli, including a cavatelli like stamp. Oh, that's that I so cool. had to like order on eBay. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, he has never made cavatelli from scratch. <laughs> well, you could, but I could. So maybe I will. Um, this also, this doesn't exactly qualify as a hobby, but I just want to shout out something that I learned in the forever 35 Facebook group. And Kate, maybe you're familiar with this and I'm like the last to know, but, and I've seen people do this, but I didn't know that it had a name. Have you heard about stripping laundry? Yeah. Is that where people like soak it and all the dirt and stuff comes out? Yes. Yeah. I haven't tried it, but I'm obsessed with looking at pictures of it. I'm fascinated and I want to do it. And so I think this might be a new core activity for me. I also want to do it. (laughs) So the, the mixture that seems to be the most popular in this thread that I'm that I looked at in the Facebook group is a quarter a cup of borax, a quarter cup of baking soda, and a scoop of tide powder. And then Oh, not OxyClean? No. Okay. Tide powder. Okay. I mean I think okay. you can Copy use that. OxyClean, but this is this is a mixture that like a few people recommended and then they say put in hot water for four hours so you put in your bathtub or if you have a top loading washing machine you can do it in the washing machine i unfortunately have a front loading washing machine um which like by the way i feel like we were all hoodwinked into believing that front loading washing machines were better that's what i have too I don't think they are. And I think they're harder to keep clean. I think they get moldy. Anyway. Mine is very moldy. We could do a whole episode about that. Yeah. So anyway, uh, top loaders. Why did we all fall for the (laughs) scam of front loading washing machines? Um, And then you stir it every hour and then you run it through a normal wash cycle at the end. Another thing I learned in this thread is that powder is better than liquid detergent for keeping your clothes clean. I also didn't know that. Yeah. So this is this is making me reconsider my seventh generation liquid detergent. I might have to go back to Tide Free and Gentle or whatever it's called. I use Drops, powder. Dory. Oh, okay. All right. I use Drops. Drops gets delivered in a little cardboard box and I put, I use the dishwasher stuff and i use the laundry stuff okay all right thank you drops (laughs) i Uh, can i can i share a prod rec yes i would love you to share a prod rec okay on a whim a whim called 
bored and anxious during this quarantine time, I purchased the Olive and June Studio Box Manicure Kit. Are you familiar with this story? Yes, because I'm constantly getting Facebook ads for it. Totally. And it worked. This was one of those things where I was like, fine, Instagram. (laughs) I will buy this. Uh, (laughs) And I did. Uh And I love it. It's great. Really? It's legitimately great. Yes. I'm going to do a video on our Instagram stories about it and just kind of walk through what was in it because I shared that I had purchased it on there. And so many people were like, ooh, I almost have bought this so many times. It is really great. And I say this as someone who, one, doesn't like their hands, two, has never been able to do an at-home manicure, and three, is working on learning to love their hands. It's just great. The tools are great. The polish lasted forever. The um, poppy, which is their polish bottle handle that you put on you can take it on and off different bottles mm-hmm. was fantastic. And the polish lasted way longer. Like it lasted for almost five days without chipping. Wow. I was really, I was really shocked actually at how much I liked it because I was kind of like, whatever, you know, this will be something I buy and use once. And not only did I like it, but I'm like eager to use it again. Uh, the nail polish remover pot is really wonderful and easy to use. And then they give you a cleanup, like a really hard brush that you can dip in the remover to like touch up your manicure. And like my nails looked really good and I kept getting compliments on them. Wow. It was why it was it was like really one of those purchases where I like went into it expecting nothing and received everything. So thank you to this box that I spent money on. I mean, I bought it. <laughs> How much is I it? Did. Okay, so the one I bought was the studio box. Okay. I got, it was $50. Okay. Um, and you get to choose one polish color. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest, I was so pleasantly surprised by the polish, like the lasting power of this polish that I might go in and buy more Olive and June nail polishes. Wow. Yeah, I've never used any of their products. I've, I don't know. I honestly don't know anything about them other than I think they have like real manicure shops here in LA. They do. I've they, gone. Yeah, I've gone to one. Yeah, but I, I was everything in the box. The only thing I don't think I've tried is the cuticle oil um, because I have some already open. So I haven't tried that, I, I should say, but I loved it. I loved it. Highly recommend. I will go on our Instagram in a, at some point and kind of walk through everything that's in it. Um, but I think it's really, it's like a good investment. I'm looking at their site now and they have a few different boxes that you can get. One of them comes with a bunch of different nail polishes. Yeah, I know. And I almost, I'm not a big like polish my nails yeah. person. So I did not get that. And I think, you know, it depends on your level of commitment to totally. nail polish. Um, I can tell you the color I bought is, was called BP. And okay. it is like a, a really pretty, very pale, almost like a Robin's egg blue. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. kind of tempted. I'm not going to lie. Dory, I got to tell you, you should you should do it. You should bite the bullet on this one. It's really good. Wow. Okay. It's really, yeah. I, I've never like felt this strong. I have not felt this strongly about a product in a long time. I know. You're you're like very emphatic. <laughs> I'm almost like <laughs> sweating. I'm so- <laughs> 
This is this is what I'm like 100% behind. Okay. Good to know. And I'm looking at their site now. It looks like their nail polishes, their regular nail polishes cost $8. So you could buy a kit and then like add on some polishes if you wanted to. Yes. And they have, and they have, um, they do have lots of options. I think you can also just buy the polish if you've already like got all the tools at home. But right, right, right. Look, that, that poppy nail polish thing, excuse me, polish bottle handles, what it's called. It made my life like I, I. It made it so much better. Like okay. my, I'm right. I'm left-handed, and so painting my left hand is always a disaster. My left hand looked good. Wow. I mean, conf- it was confusing. I yeah, it was a lot. All right. I, th- I think you might have been selling me. I think you might have sold Click me. on through. If Clicking you want a hobby, <laughs> manicures at home. That could oh be gosh. another hobby for you. What if I became like a nail artist, Tori? <laughs> you know what? we're gonna like reemerge from this time of having not seen each other and be like I'm, we're not gonna recognize each other you're I gonna have, you're gonna have like jewels on your nails that you've <laughs> done yourself well, your, you know, your hair your hair is getting so long and i'm oh loving hair. it it is longer i am like almost back to like 1997 me i'm little so person, little, into it Little gal in her patchwork corduroy pants <laughs> and her eyebrow ring. <laughs> One more Olive and June note. They sell um, little nail art stickers. So you could always get those if you kind of want to put on some nail art on your nails. Mm-hmm. Just saying, Dory. Mm-hmm. That, that, anyway. would, that would be taking me back to approximately 1997. So You had nail art in 1997? I had, I, I had stickers. Really? Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Definitely by the late nineties, I was like full into putting things on my nails, stickers and such. Ah, all right. Memories. Um, (laughs) should we, should we take a short break before we hear from our guest today? Yes. Let's take a pause. And when we come back, we will be chatting with Jen Hatmaker. We will. All right. Be right back. 
Speaking of working with your bod, the crossover bra, which I'm wearing as we speak. I wear that thing every day. I do too. Uh, It's my favorite honey love piece. Let me, let me just tell you why. Yeah. Get into it. Do you want to tell me why? (laughs) No, no. I was just going to say like, I, I, I don't even need to wear it to events. I wear it like the event is every day of my life. Yes. That's such a good way of putting it. The bra gives all the support of traditional bras without using any underwires. And just like sidebar, I have put on some of my old underwire bras lately and been like, oh God, like get this off of me. No, thank <laughs> once you. you. Once you start wearing Honey Love, you're just like, no, not yep. going back. You see also, how it like, could be. Yes. Also like summer sweat under those underwires is like, ugh, the worst. Now you don't have to worry about it. Get the support you need with the comfort you deserve and treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market. Save 20% off at honeylove.com slash forever. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash forever. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. So shape your life with Honey Love. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. Quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from Quince. Ooh, Mm -hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking, I'm going to toot my own horn, effortlessly chic. Whether it's winter or or summer, they've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14-karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. You know, Dory, we talk to a lot of really fantastic, intelligent people on this podcast but I don't know, maybe you're like us and you want to go even deeper. Mm, I love to go deeper. We like to go deep. And that's not only possible with today's sponsor, but also easy to accomplish on Masterclass. Every year I get really into the classes offered and the instructors offering them. Like I'm all over the place with the things that I like 
on Masterclass. But this year, I am very interested in the class Redefining Feminism, which is 14 Lessons from Gloria Steinem. Okay. Now, they dissect issues women face in the U.S. and ways we can play a role in the feminist movement in our everyday lives. Look, I majored in women and gender studies in college. So this is right up my alley. But even if you didn't, even if you're like, this is the first time I'm hearing those words. I would argue, especially if you didn't. Yes. Get into it with Masterclass because this is the year you can really learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Go from just talking about improving to actually doing the things you've been wanting to do with Masterclass. And it doesn't have to be redefining feminism with Gloria Steinem. It can be gardening in your own garden or your yard or patio. It can be learning to cook Indian food or designing a space that you love. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master like negotiation with Chris Voss or think like a boss with Martha Stewart or maybe capture your vision through photography with Petra Collins, Masterclass has you covered. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with the world's best. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash F35. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash F35. That's masterclass.com slash F35. Our guest today is Jen Hatmaker. Jen, welcome to Forever 35. Oh my gosh. Well, I am just delighted to be here, girls. Thank you for having me. We're going to kick off with your bio. Jen is the author of 12 books. That's a lot of books. Most recently, Fierce, Free, and Full of Fire, The Guide to Being Glorious You. Jen is also the creator and happy host of the award-winning Four the Love Podcast with Jen Hatmaker, delighted curator of the Jen Hatmaker Book Club, and sought-after speaker who tours the country every year speaking to women. And she and her husband, Brandon, founded The Legacy Collective, and they also starred in the very popular series, My Big Family Renovation and Your Big Family Renovation on HGTV. Jen is a mom to five and a resident of Austin, Texas, where she and her family are helping to keep Austin weird. There it is. That's the story. There it is. You got it. <laughs> so well, go ahead, oh, go ahead Kate. Oh, no, sorry. This is this is our talking over each other moment doing the podcast remotely. Um, well, Jen, we're th- we're thrilled to have you. Your book was a very timely and touching read, and also very funny. Mm. But there there were a lot of um, flagged and folded pages mm. for me personally. Um, awesome. And you know. We have a question to kick things off with about radical empathy and care, Mm. Um, because right now, especially in our communities, things are Mm. there's so much upheaval. So what what does that look like, do you think, within our families and also our communities with people who we may not actually know? Mm. It's just such a weird time right now. And I. Uh, one thing that we're sort of figuring out over here at our household is that just living through such an unprecedented moment where all of our regular, most of our regular tools are not at our disposal. You know, our communities, our activities, school, all the things that we normally do that are 
a part of our regular rhythms, which keep us kind of healthy and connected. And, you know, with virtually all of those gone, you know, it's occurred to us that we have to, we can't use the old program in this, in this current day. And so um, these times are kind of calling for different measures and kind of extraordinary measures when it comes to like mental care and soul care. And, um, and so we are, we've kind of said in our family, guys, let's get really serious and really specific um, about what is hard right now? What is hurting? What are we disappointed about? Let's name it. Let's put it on the table. Let's not start burying this and then try to just shellac over it. Um, and then let's really figure out how can we meet that need in a different way? Um, how can we um, address that pain in the ways that we can address that pain right now? And so, you know, rather than just kind of hoping that somehow soul care and mental care are just going to like land in our laps. We're dialing in really hard to every member of the family because we're all really different. You know, we've got, it's just so many people here, you guys, just so (laughs) many people. And, and we are all enormous personalities. Like nobody is quiet in this family. Everybody has huge feelings, tons of emotions, billions of words. Um, And so it's a lot of emotional labor right now, not just to figure out what I need, but what everybody in the house needs is just what, a, isn't it the strangest time in the world? Yes. Yes. And you, I think you said on a recent podcast that you, you live in a small house and you have four kids at home. Oh, um, yes. Somebody help me. <laughs> like who will help me? Uh, it's like, we live in a house that was built in 1908. So first of all, it's just a little old rambly thing. And yes. So my, we also have two seniors in the house right now. So we've got a senior in college and a senior in high school. And so our senior in college packed for five days to come home for spring break and he has not left. So five days worth of stuff. And so he's here and we're just shoved everybody like in every corner right now. And, and then, you know, just managing all those disappointments, all those rites of passages that both my seniors are missing out on. It's just such a bummer, such a bummer. And this is one thing I told my kids and I'm telling the women in my community too, which is just, I love how my girlfriend, Kristen Howerton puts it. She's like, this is not a good time to sign ourselves up as competitors in the hardship Olympics. Like, Mm. like whose heart is harder? Who's sad is sadder. Um, it's just a terrible game because, you know, we've got friends with people in the hospital with COVID, but then I've got a senior who doesn't have a prom and they're both, it's all sad, you know, sad, sad to the person. And so, um, I don't like the competition, um, of who actually gets to say that they're disappointed or sad or afraid, or they feel cheated. Um, I also don't like the, um, awesome Olympics who is crushing quarantine best. I hate both those games. Like I'm losing up both of those games and I just don't think they're, I don't think they serve us right now. Um, and so I'm really just drawn to superhuman people right now that I find vulnerability in and honesty and truth telling. And I'm trying to be that person too. neither, mm. you know, hustling people through their pain or fear um, or diminishing it. Um, and also not, um, you know, putting on display like the highlight reel 
um, of everything that's going right, because we're working hard on those things too. I think let's just find this really deeply human path through this together. And I think that's really good for everybody. What are some of the specific like tools in your toolbox that you are using right now? And what tools can you recommend for others who are struggling? Mm-hmm. So do you know how sometimes your friends go to therapy and then they tell you what their therapist said? So you got like free therapy. <laughs> Yes. Do you know what I mean? You're like, <laughs> yeah. thank, thank you for paying for that little bit of wisdom that I now get for free. One of my friends' therapists told her something last year that she told me, and it's really stuck with me. Um, and it's this idea um, that we can choose to believe because it's true for every single person. This is like absolutely ubiquitous. Um, so we can choose to believe that we are, every one of us is a very powerful creator um, that literally in any scenario, we can create something new. We can create some hope. We can create connection. We can create joy. Um, we are not victims to our circumstances all the time. We are not just sitting around waiting for life to happen to us, right? We're not just people at the end of somebody else's rope, um, but we're creators in our own life. And at any moment we can apply that power. And so it, it's, it's, it's helpful to me right now to reimagine myself as a very powerful creator um, that I can create what I am needing right now. So I'm, we can create community. It is weird and it doesn't look like what we're used to. And we're having to use all kinds of strange platforms for it and new rules of engagement, but we still can create connection. Connection is the thing that I think most of us are starving for the most. That's, that's what is collectively hurting so deeply. Um, our lack of connection to one another and to our neighbors and to our friends and our colleagues, our family members, it sucks. It really does. And so creators can create connection. Um, and we have to just do it inventively. We have to do it with a lot of, we have to be clever, um, and we have to innovate. And so I'm telling my kids that a lot too, like you guys are powerful creators too, because they feel so cheated. You know, mm. they just feel like they're out of control. Like everybody else is in control and then it's all just happening to them. You know, yeah. they're teenagers, almost all of them. They're feels, this is not a good time to be disconnected from your friends. That's kind of their life force. And so I keep telling them, no, no, that is true. All those circumstances are true, but what can you create inside of it? Um, what can you do? And so we, we brainstorm a lot like that. What is, what sort of, how can we apply our own um, creative energy and our own powerful energy really to what is hard and hurting right now? And that's possible for everybody. That makes me feel very inspired because there have been days through this that I have been very down on everything yes. that is happening. And then I, and I then know. I do kind of the, the like, well, I should feel grateful that I'm have this and I have that. So mm-hmm. that's really helpful to remember. Yeah, um, totally. I wanted to ask you, um, and this is kind of twofold, but you know, you you write about body image in the book, and it's mm. a really a really powerful chapter, and talking mm-hmm. about how women, especially, have always been kind of um, advised to be small. Um, mm. But what what I find interesting is one thing that's coming up a lot um, <coughs> with our community of Forever Thirty Five listeners is the struggle with body image during this time of self-isolation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And it's the struggle that I think we've all had. I would love to know kind of what your journey has been with body image and self-acceptance overall and and how you're feeling it right now as well. Mm. That chapter was some real heavy lifting to write. Um, I, I don't think there is, there's hardly a woman that hasn't been deeply, deeply impacted by all the cultural messaging around our bodies. I mean, you, you, we all knew, we, I, I knew what girls were supposed to look like before I got out of first grade. You know, I knew which body types were going to be rewarded. I knew which body types were going to be punished. Um, uh, you know, that we've been drink, we've been breathing that air since we were born. And there are just enormous industries whose entire bottom line is predicated on the, f- the hope and the fact that we are simply going to hate ourselves, <laughs> that we are going to absolutely hate our bodies, that we are going to consider them defective, that they're just such um, clunky containers that we are constantly trying to shrink and diminish um, and fix. And it's just awful. I mean, it's just awful. Um, you know, Fierce is pretty heavily researched. And um, I, I, when I did some of the research around this conversation, it was just devastating. It's devastating to watch it pass on to the next generation right now. Um, you know, like by the time girls are 13, like 60% of them hate their bodies. 13. It's just, I'm so mad. They got another generation. Like it's happened again on our watch. And so I'm just sick of it. I'm 45. And I'm over it. Like I'm over it. I'm absolutely over hating myself. I'm absolutely over trying to squeeze myself into some size and shape that my body is like never, ever going to be. It's not made to be that way. And so like maybe two years ago, I had a guest on my podcast. Her name is Dr. Hillary McBride. And this is kind of her primary work. This is, this is her emphasis. And she said something to me on that podcast that fundamentally changed me. And you'll see it's imprint all over the chapter on bodies that I wrote. But, you know, she said, maybe a good first step is to, to admit and acknowledge that the way we typically talk about our bodies is that we call it an it, you know, it, our body is an it and we hate it and we're angry at it. We despise it. We resent it. We punish it. Oh, do we ever? I mean, um, we talk so ugly about it. And she says, what if, what if just as a starting place, we began to imagine our body as a she, as a her, as a absolutely integral part of who we are, not just like this unfortunate container, but like our body is, this is who I am. And our body has, um, allowed us to to experience literally every good thing that has ever happened to us, every good memory, every wonderful sensual thing, every everything we've ever touched or seen or tasted um, or heard, every every wonderful experience in the world has been delivered through our bodies. And she is good to us, and she is on our side. And she, like my body is entirely Team Jen. Her and her whole job is to protect me and keep me safe. And so. I mean, that like flattened me in my chair. And I just thought I can't because I hate my body too much. I don't know if I can make this mental switch. But just that was a step for me. And I just started trying it out. Like she, her, I started seeing how it would feel to thank her 
for what she did that day. Thank you for getting me through another day. Um, thank you for sending me alarm signals today when you when you knew this was like a dangerous situation. Um, thank you for keeping me safe. Thank you for loving my family well. And it just changed me. Like, and so this this is how I am I'm so wanting to break the cycle. I do not want to pass on body hatred to the next generation. I'm so mad that we're doing it. Um, and so that's what I'm working on right now. And so in quarantine. I'm finding that practice to be an incredible tool um, to say to my body, you have gotten us through another day and you did it well. And here's what you did well today. You cooked another freaking meal for everybody, like with loving hands. Oh my God, make it stop. You, um, you scratched your son's back and gave him like five minutes of connection and calm and you made out with your husband on the couch and you just did a great job today and thank you for serving our life so beautifully and it it means something it matters it's changing the way i think it also is interesting to me in that chapter how you kind of connect that becoming empowered in our physical space to raising our voices mm. and speaking out in social environments and helping yes. to undo so many hurtful social practices. And I thought that was a That's really right. interesting correlation that you made. I found that in the research. I found that in the data. I used, I uh, had an incredible research assistant. She's got her PhD in psychology. So she brought her immense body of knowledge to bear on this work. And it was so interesting to see the data, which shows us pretty unambiguously, it's pretty clear the link between social empowerment or disempowerment and our body image, that the more socially empowered and connected we feel, the more likely we are to be kinder to our bodies. And the reverse is true. Um, The more we feel disempowered socially, when we are marginalized, when we're disenfranchised, when we're ignored in a room, um, when we are harmed or abused, when we are isolated or rejected, um, our body image sinks with it. And we tend to blame our bodies for the bad behavior of others. And this is, we're, we didn't invent this story. I mean, I, I, every single movie we grew up watching, the beginning of the social reversal is always a makeover, right? Like the mm-hmm. ugly duckling is off to the side, but then she gets this incredible makeover, takes her glasses off essentially, and the cool kids like her then. Then she's popular. Then she's, then she's special and important. Um, and so we've internalized that big time. Um, and so it is very interesting. It's an interesting idea to think one way we can begin to improve our relationship with our bodies is to pay attention to how empowered we are socially. Like, do we feel silenced a lot? Are we in a career where we are second place or we are sidelined or we're having to concede the microphone to less qualified people to keep their egos intact? Are we um, empowered inside of our marriages, inside of our families? Is, do our voices count there? Um, do we have agency and ownership over our own life, our own opinions, our own needs, our own boundaries, our own wants and desires? Because if we do, if we can pay attention to those levels, we might be shocked to discover that we are beginning to feel kinder toward our bodies. That's really powerful. I really like what you say about how your body is like, is always there for you. 
Mm. Um, I know I, my relationship with my body changed after I got pregnant. Um, Mm. and yeah, I feel like I'm still kind of, it's still, it's still all, it's still evolving. um, Sure. You know, um, to, to touch on something perhaps a little more superficial related to the body. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering, are you doing your hair right now? Oh my gosh, you guys, (laughs) you should just see me right now. I mean, you should just see it. I am, I'm just, I knew I had gray hair. Like, hello, I pay a lot of money um, to, to cover that gray. And it's just, it is in full display. So no, I'm not doing it. And I'm thinking, you know what? It's just almost time for the $7 box of L'Oreal. We're almost there. You know, like Uh I, I just, I'm about to be at that place in my journey. Uh, Are you guys doing your hair? Uh, no, I I just have highlights, um, uh-huh. and they're just sort of they're I have balayage, um, and it's uh-huh. just kind of growing out. Oh yes, um, but my hair is way too long and stringy, oh. and oh, yes. <laughs> I really oh, need a word. haircut. But oh my gosh, same. same. I'm just and- very grateful that I grew out my bangs. I will say that. <laughs> oh yay! Oh good on you. You right. <laughs> I um I was on the Today Show this week. And of course it's all remote. And so we, I was recording it from my house, but you know, it's the today show it's on national television. So I'm going to fix my hair and I put on makeup and I'm not wearing makeup either. Hardly ever. And I, I promise you that I could not hardly remember how to put my makeup on. And when I look back at the video, I'm like, Jen, like super heavy handed with the eyeshadow. It's like I was a <laughs> seventh grade girl putting on makeup for the first time. I couldn't remember. I just had too much on. And I'm like, well, so I can't have that one back. That's too bad. I mean, like, I don't remember anything. I don't remember any of my grooming tips. Yeah, I had a similar experience recently because it was my son's birthday and we did a Zoom and I put on makeup and I was looking at the pictures and I was like, Huh. <laughs> huh. Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's not how I used to put on makeup. Okay. <laughs> That's great. It's freeing in a way. I feel like actually this this time to get to know we're you know, if if we're fortunate enough to be healthy and at home, like you you kind of get to know yourself in a different way. Yep, you're right. And it'll be interesting to see what happens when we come out of this moment in time, um, when quarantine lifts, what we decide not to put back into rotation, you know, in a lot of ways, both how we, how much time we're spending, time and energy we're spending on, you know, hair, makeup, all that. Um, and, and just a, a host of other things where I think, hmm, I might want to, you know, evaluate several things. Um, is that's really something I want to return to? Uh, is that something I want to put back in rotation? It, I really think it's going to be interesting to see how many people have discovered that they are super productive, or there's a possibility at least from of working from home, um, or working from home partially, where they s- were forced to do it and realized, uh, I waste a lot less time, or um, I'm actually more productive at home than in an office. So I just I think this is going to be interesting. Um, and have some long-term effects on probably every strata of culture um, when we get out of here. What are some of the things that you think you will keep that you've been doing during this time? Hmm. So one thing that I really fired up into high gear 
um, was a more consistent and transparent and vulnerable connection with the community that I lead online. Um, Mm. Because we were all just kind of hungry for each other's faces for Pete's sake. And I travel a lot. So I don't all my, of course, all my travel was canceled. So I'm no longer in big rooms full of women, which is so energizing and so meaningful to me. And so I really put a lot of gas in the tank of just hopping on videos and not even worrying one second what I, I, I don't think I've had on makeup in 5% of any of them. Um, so I just put that all aside. Like that used to be the thing that I would do. Like I'm not going to record anything for my community because I, my hair is dirty or I don't have makeup on. I don't feel like putting it on. So once I kind of said, I don't care about that. Um, so this deeper connection with my online community has been so special, uh, really, really meaningful for me. And helping me feel more connected, helping us. I feel like it's helping us all tell the truth to each other more because it's, it's stripped of any of it's like polish. And so I, I'm going to keep that. I think I'm going to keep that in rotation. And, um, that, that for sure is one thing. And then I've just, you know, my kids, I'm teasing, I'm laughing that they're here all the time with all their words, but it's been really, um, special to me to have uh, some pretty concentrated time with my young adults. I've got, you know, two in college, so they're, they're, they're grown. And so kind of being around them right now and having these long talks that we don't normally have because their lives are so full and busy about who they are right now and what they're dreaming up and where they're going. It's just really great. And so um, those are just going to have to stay. And I guess we're just going to have to talk on the phone. Like it's 1984 because that's what's, that's our only play there. But um, so I see these long talks staying uh, on the docket for sure. I love that. You know, it's interesting because you have um, a chapter in your book, which is titled, I believe in this cause. And it's, um, it's about your advocacy work. And there's, you talk about um, your experience, your kind of recent experience with marches with, with, Mm. you know, like boots on the ground um, yeah. advocacy and and being yeah. present. How how are you seeing it, or how are you participating in activism and social justice activism online right now? How 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 have you sure. taken your work and transitioned it there? Right, totally. Um, that is one area where activism is alive and well. Um, that's that's you know this the internet age has a lot of pros and a lot of cons. And there's, of course, we don't even know the half of the the underside, the dark side of the internet use at the level we all experience it. But the upside is that it has never been easier to mobilize, um, to come together around um, an injustice, to come together around a cause or a people group. Um, to be honest with you, we did most of our advocacy work online to begin with. And so for us right now, specifically, my husband and I run a foundation and it's called the Legacy Collective. And it's just a giving community of super ordinary people. We borrowed the idea from something that mega millionaires do. Um, they, they've for year, for decades, they've run these little small collectives where three or four or five of them band together because they have to get rid of so much money um, for taxes. And so they'd say, since we have to give this much money away feasibly, why don't we put our money together 
and really make a dent somewhere. And so it's a really like altruistic idea. So we just thought, what if regular people did that? Like just ordinary people who have little amounts to give. But so what if we put it all together and said, let's combine you know, our regular people's resources and give it away. And so legacy right now is in high gear. We fund initiatives all around the world. We've given away millions of dollars. And like we have people who give $10 a month. So I'm really talking about ordinary amounts. Um, And so we are paying attention to how we can serve right now. So we gave a $25,000 grant to um, an organization called The Store. And it's in, in East Nashville, and they serve, it's an incredible organization, um, but they, they serve um, children and the elderly who are deeply um, food insecure. Um, and of course, they were just hit by those tornadoes. I don't know if you remember that. And so the tornadoes hit and then quarantine hit. And so we just gave them a $25,000 grant to feed their community. And then just yesterday, we gave another 25000 grant to um, an organization. Um, golly, what did, I just forgot their name. Let me just look. Um, what's it called? Oh, Bright Horizons. That's what it's called, um, which is a childcare organization. And they um, have an is- initiative called First Responders First, in which they are providing free childcare for healthcare workers on the front lines. So it's an amazing mm-hmm. resource. So we gave them $25,000 to keep one of their Detroit childcare centers open um, about a mile away from their main hospital. Uh, where so many of the workers work. So, um, so sometimes advocacy looks like giving. Sometimes advocacy looks like um, our language. Sometimes it looks like allyship. Um, sometimes it looks like marching. Um, sometimes it looks like voting. <laughs> and so it all counts. It all matters. I um, every single drop in the bucket is an important drop. And so I, I commend everybody who is finding a way um, to serve and to give and to advocate even now. So in April 2016, you called for the full inclusion of LGBTQ people in the Christian yeah. community, which caused a bit of a stir in the did. evangelical world. And I'm curious how taking this stand publicly changed your relationship to Christianity? Mm, That's a great question. Um, I don't know. So just to sort of book in that, what that meant for me, and I built a career in that space, kind of that evangelical subculture of women. I was very good at it. I was that was my first language. I know all the rules of that community. I know how to hit the marks. Kind of, I'm frankly pretty much groomed to succeed there. Um, and I did. And so, um, however, one of the rules, well, belonging is the currency over there. And so that's mm-hmm. actually true of a lot of subcultures, not just that one, um, that what you get when you behave and follow the, the group norms is you get to belong. But when you don't, when you step out of line, that's the first thing that's revoked is your mm. your inclusion, your standing. And that was definitely the case for me. And I knew it. And I knew um, that um, calling for full affirmation of the LGBTQ community, would that would revoke my standing. And so it wasn't just my inclusion. There was my career. Um, so my yeah. books were pulled you know, off all the shelves. And one of my books was put out of print and... I mean, it was, it was financially punitive and it was emotionally devastating. Um, and so I don't know 
that it changed my relationship with Christianity, that exists in a different zip code for me, which Mm. is what, for me, the way I understand God now is so expansive and so wide and so differently than the way I was taught. Um, I, I see that I see faith just as love and only love and everybody's in. Um, but it definitely changed my relationship with evangelicalism, um, mm-hmm. which I don't identify with at all anymore. I don't identify as that anymore. And um, it changed my relationship with sort of organized religion. Mm-hmm. And I've just, dis- I've just discovered that love of God and love of religion are not at all the same thing. And they don't even necessarily operate out of the same two buckets. Um, and so that looks really different for me now. And, um, and I, I feel actually like that sort of integration for me of telling the truth, owning my own convictions, and then standing by a community that I felt incredibly um, convicted to stand with, that actually gave me my faith back. Um, the the church and the and the evangelical subculture was stealing it, like stripping it away, just dignity by dignity. Um, and so I actually feel like it was returned to me. So I will not return to that subculture. Um, it, it just it broke my heart and breaks too many people's hearts. It's still very steeped in patriarchy and white supremacy and misogyny and spiritual abuse and. Um, and you just can't see that from the inside. It seems very clear to me from the outside. Um, and so I, I'm that in that way, in that portion of my life, I actually feel free. I feel very free and I feel very liberated. That's great. (laughs) Yeah. Um, well, to switch gears completely, um, we want to talk about paper calendars. Oh, yay. Oh, I don't know where <laughs> you stand. I don't know if I don't know if this is a safe conversation. Well, we, we know you're a fan. Um, oh, God, thank God. Um, okay. We, we like we we go both ways. Um, okay. But we would love to know. Uh, we know you're a loyalist to paper calendars. This is loyalist. Could you tell us your favorite? What is your like oh, yes. paper calendar routine? How do you schedule oh, yourself? I? Just give us, oh, give us the ever. lowdown. <gasps> oh my gosh, you're just really in my world right now. Like you're, this is my love language. Um, my favorite paper calendar, which I have bought every single year for as many years as I can think, is the Simplified Planner, and that's my friend Emily Lay's company. And it's just, it's, it's all my dreams come true. You know, it's exactly what I need in a paper system. Um, now, I don't know how you girls feel about this, but I, it's really important for me that I can see my entire month at once. I don't like any of these daily pages. That is upsetting to me. I don't even like a weekly page. I like, give me my full month. I need to look at the month of May and see beginning to end on these little squares. And so this is my favorite one. And it's companion for me is my very, very favorite pen, which is the blue Bic crystal pen. Super important. I mean, I probably have, I'm always afraid they're going to like stop making them. And so I buy them like 300 at a time and I'm not kidding. So they're just everywhere. If you came to my house, I would pay you a million dollars if you could go five feet without running into a blue Bic crystal pen. Um, So that's my journey. That's my, that's my journey. What, what are yours? 
Uh, what are our what's your paper our, calendar? Our paper calendar journey. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, what's your paper calendar journey? I'll be honest. This is Kate. Um, on this show, I feel like we've talked so much about this. I still don't know who I am when it comes oh, to how I schedule myself. I waffle I back and forth. Mm-hmm. I think I've maybe landed in a Google Calendar space, but then okay. every time I do, I'm drawn back to paper. I respect That's the Google Calendar. Answer. I respect it. I mean, very reluctantly. I've been married for 26 years. Um, very reluctantly, I put about 30% of my things on our shared iCalendar um, just to keep my marriage going, like literally just for that reason alone. Um, but I don't look at it. It doesn't help me. It doesn't help you if you don't look at it. And so um, it's just, that's just a fake effort that I'm putting into the marriage. Um, I just, I need to write it. And so what's so funny is, you know, if I, if I'm traveling or whatever, or I'm just even not at my house, and my assistant will text me, are you, I'm wanting to schedule a thing for you. Do you have something here? Like 100% of the time I have to say, you know, I'm just, you're gonna have to wait till I get home. Cause I'm gonna have to look at, look with my eyes at the paper calendar. Cause I can't even look it up on my phone. It doesn't live there. I know it doesn't. I know I didn't put it there. So anyway, that's, I just feel like this is how it's going to be. Can I tell you something else? And maybe this will help it make sense to you. Um, I also still unironically, this is not ironic, use um, an AOL email address. Does that bring it into focus? Like, (laughs) I just am really vintage about things like this. Um, And so when I I have a shame, when people are like, what's your email address? I just, I'm like, I don't want to say it. Like, so (laughs) I can't say it. It's so embarrassing. And yet here we are. And I'm not going to change. It's my first email address I ever had. So anyway, just keeping it real over the AOL. (laughs) Those seem like lovely uh, things that our generation, you know, this kind of generation X world, like that we are the last to kind of hold on to, you know, like the next, the millennials and the generation Zs, like they're, they're not keeping, maybe some of them, I don't want to make sweeping, you know, judgments, but it's, it's a lost art, the paper calendar and the AOL email address. I think it's great to hold on to them. You're right. This is why someday it's going to be our turn to be called the greatest generation because we <laughs> hold on to these really precious things. Um, and so I do want to say it is possible to brainwash like all my kids are paper calendar kids because I just let them know this is our family value. This is what we do. Um, and so I don't even know if they know another way. And so it is possible to reverse progress um, with the next generation if you're intentional. All right. I'm going to keep that in mind. With my yeah. Do you, do you also use a paper address book? I'm curious. I don't. Now, see, look, see, that's that's a progress for me. I, I for sure don't. I, everything now is in my phone okay. and I don't know anybody's anything. I don't I don't know my mom's phone number. I don't know. I could not tell you one single phone number of a child of mine from memory. You know, all those all that fabulous information is easier actually in our phones. So that's where that yeah. all lives. Okay. Just wondering. Just wondering. <laughs> I used to. Did you guys have those? Of course you did. Oh yeah. I mean, back oh, in the day, yeah. I, I, yeah. I also had. You know, I kept the uh, the list of friends' phone numbers. Oh yeah. Oh, like on the like, wall. Yeah. Yeah, on the wall. Yeah. Can you guys name your phone number from your like childhood phone that was like attached to yes. a wall? Yes. Hundred yeah, percent. I think yeah. I can too. I think I can too. I think it's 
316-683-1968. I think that's what it is. Oh, what I'm a gonna, good I'm going to fact check though with my siblings. Yeah, but. I can still do some friends' childhood phone numbers too. Those are st- Ooh, those are just nice. permanently in there. But then I don't know, uh, like like a new friend, I couldn't even tell you like the first three digits of their phone no, number. I don't no even way. retain. Yeah, <laughs> same. Yeah, same. Well, Jen, I feel like we could talk to you for days. This has been so so wonderful, and we really appreciate you coming on the show. Well, it's fun. And if you ever want to have another riveting discussion about calendars or, um, you know, being old fashioned, you've got my phone number now. Now, you know, yes, <laughs> yes. guys, also my very favorite show in the world is CBS Sunday morning. I just watch oh. it with all the grandparents, all the grandparents oh. in the United States of America. You know what? Yeah. So, I mean, it's such a comforting show. It, there's yeah, and we you know, we talk a lot about those kind of like soothing self-care practices uh-huh. on on Forever 35 and I feel like CBS Sunday Morning is the perfect epitome of self-care. Oh, same. It's so low production. Like it looks like I could just throw together that studio set in my backyard in about 10 minutes. And my husband doesn't understand it. He's like, "Are they doing that on purpose?" I'm like, <laughs> "Just enjoy it. Just enjoy the peaceful set with just Jane Polly and just let her voice wash over you. You know, I don't, he doesn't understand my obsession, but I'm just saying, I think I might be 74 years old in a 45 year old's body. And that sounds great. I feel like that's a great way to be. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Hey, thanks for having me on today. You guys, I love talking to you. Same. Um, Jen, where can people find you on the internet? Well, I'm on the internet. And as you might imagine, I am the only Jen Hatmaker in in town. So if you look up Jen Hatmaker, that's me. There's just, there aren't any others. Um, And then all my other stuff that you can find at jenhatmaker.com, books, podcasts, all the fun things. Amazing. Well, thanks again. Yeah, thank you so much. Absolutely. My pleasure. You know, we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older, and how we treat it and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning in my mid-40s, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad, they're just new. You know what I mean? Like I am now just discovering creppiness, Dory. Mm, Okay. Which is visible on my (sighs) neck and chest. Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, OneSkin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like crappiness. And I'm not overly concerned with aesthetics, but like I do just want to keep my skin healthy as I age. Totally. I love their topical supplements. They really help your skin feel, I don't want to say younger, but just vibrant, mm. refreshed. They combine tissue engineering, data analysis, and cutting-edge longevity science to literally create the world's most effective product to help with skin aging. I am particularly fond of their face topical supplement. It's essentially a moisturizer, but it has their Mm -hmm. proprietary OSO1 peptide to really help with all the parts of our skin that are exposed to environmental damage You can use it on your face, your hands, your neck. I know here Mm -hmm. where we live in Los Angeles, 
our hands, we're driving, that sun is coming at us at all times. OneSkin believes the purpose of skincare is not just to improve how we look, but to optimize our skin biology so that it is more resilient to the aging process. They really create next level skincare. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and more importantly, acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OVER50 at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OVER50. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. So we are best friends with Jen Hatmaker now, right? Sure. I'm moving to Texas just to (laughs) hang out with her. I mean, she was she was real fun. She was real fun. And I I also really um, enjoyed reading her book. Yeah, I didn't kind of know what to expect walking into it. And and, um, I think we had originally been approached by her publisher to have her on. And it was actually it was a read that I really connected with in a lot of ways. And so I'm I'm glad that we were able to talk to her about it. Same, same, same. Um, Well, Kate, intentions let's talk about intentions let's get intentional (laughs) um did you get some quiet some alone quiet time last week this week this past week what am i talking about i i don't know if i did okay but i do feel like i have expressed to my partner my need for it and i'm gonna work on making some like and uh, making time for it for me but also like recognizing that he also needs it you know what Mm -hmm. i mean like we both have to figure out ways to both work but also like have some time just to mentally unwind that isn't work so i think we're getting there and i i hope this summer you know one thing i'm trying to reframe is like this might be the only time i get to have this just time with my immediate family Mm. you know like just we're all around each other and that's it. These are my people. Yep. We're not going anywhere. We're not doing a lot. So I'm trying to really find the um find the joy in that and and know that like, you know, appreciate that we're all healthy and safe right now and that we get this this weird time to get to really get to know each other and be together. Oh, that's so nice. And also scream at each other so much. It probably scares all my neighbors, but you know. Sure, but like it's a journey. It's a journey, journey, Dory. Oh, and what am I doing this week? I didn't even ask. I mean, I didn't even ask myself. (laughs) Sorry, I didn't even say is what I meant to say. I have like so many piles in my house that, and like they're mine. They're not anybody else's. They're my Mm. piles. So I've got to. I've got to. They stress me out, but then I don't deal with them. Like, what's Mm -hmm. that about? Yep. Been, it would take two seconds. Been there. <laughs> right. You know what I mean, right? Like right I now do. I'm looking at a pile of clothes that I wore, didn't put away, pile of books, a weird leg muscle roller. Like what, what am I doing? So that's it, Dory. I'm going to put those piles away. Okay. I'm into that for you. All right. How is your bedroom? Did you clean it? Because that was your intention. It last was week. my intention. So it's not 100% clean, but progress has been made. I cleaned off the chair that had a huge pile of clothes on it. I also vacuumed up some dust bunnies. So like things are happening. It's not work, totally there yet, but 
but but we're getting there. And then Good. this week, I have a similar intention. I want to stay ahead of the cleaning in my house. I talked about this on an episode of Here For You a couple days ago. Um, but like, we've just sort of fallen down on the job in terms of keeping the house clean. And I would like to stay ahead of it and not wait till things get so bad that we're like, oh my God, the house is so dirty. You know? That's what I do too, where it's like, yeah, you wait until it's so overwhelming that you can't handle it anymore rather than like plucking away at it day in and day out. Totally. Totally. So, (sighs) well, sure some listeners can relate and some listeners are like, wow, you're a slob. (laughs) (laughs) And that's okay. I don't think anyone is saying that. Mm, Maybe they're thinking it. Okay, you know, <laughs> that's okay. Um, yeah. Well, this brings us to the end. What a treat it is to get to talk to you, Dorian, everyone else out there. Yeah, likewise. Um, we will talk to you on Monday, which will be a mini episode in the style of Here For You. Um Just- and then bear with us as we find our footing in this yeah. new new vibe. New sketch. New sketch. New sketch. Uh well let's say it, Dory, shall we? Yep. But masks Forever 35. Never. 35 oh. forever? <laughs> I um, was just gonna say guess we're not 35 saying that anymore. <laughs> hmm. All right. I want you to say it. Okay, but masks it, never 35 forever. Truer Thank words you. have never been spoken. <laughs> Forever 35 is hosted and produced by Dory Shafrir and Kate Spencer and produced and edited by Sammy Junio. And Sam Reed is our project manager. And we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.